Welcome home. I'm Caleb, and I've got a question for you. Have you ever wanted to see someone really bad, and they promised to come, but you had to wait a long time? Think about that as we begin to worship. I would love it if you would take a couple of minutes to let us know that you're here. Just go to www.churchathomeworship.org or text HelloCore to 474747 and fill out the form you find there. And don't forget to click share so you can tell your friends that there is good news for people who are looking for a welcome home. And I'm Anna, and I also want to welcome you to Church at Home. We begin each week with a short liturgy and music to help our hearts. Our hearts need a reminder of what life's ideal is, how we fall short, and how much God loves us. Then after a brief talk, we'll sing and pray together, taking what we learn out into the world. We begin with Jesus' summary of the law, a summary of what life is supposed to be about. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the most important commandment. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. O Lord, open our lips. And our mouth shall proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Let us continue together with worship, with will, before we open God's word. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh, my soul, I'll worship song again whatever may pass and whatever lies before me let me be singing when the His holy name 
Well, Ron, welcome back to Church at Home. So good to see you. It's good to see you. You are at your home and I am at my home. We're trying a little new format today and uh, we'll just see how that works. And uh, do let us know what you think about this format um, so that we can kind of figure out the best way that we might be able to bring uh, the gospel message to you at home. Absolutely. One of the things that we changed and we'd love your feedback on it, um, you can email us or go to churchathomeworship.org or resurrectionsurfside.org and let us know. Um, we changed the liturgy a little bit, um, the part that we do together. Um, so if you're in the car listening to that and um, trying to figure out what's going on, um, let us know what that feels like, is what it, what it you, know, you experience as you are praying with people um, who are on a, your speakers in your car or maybe on YouTube, wherever it may be. Um, we'd love your feedback. We'd love to know um, what's going on because ultimately we want you to hear and see Jesus in everything that's going on through this. One of the things Absolutely. that we want to ask is a quick question. Um, uh, Caleb started with this, but the question is, um, who's someone that you've longed to see? Someone that, that you know, maybe a, a relative or someone that um, you've been waiting for, um, that you knew that when they came, things would be different. And uh, so I just want to start with that, Ron. What's, who's a person that you have remember longing to see um and what was that like well this is personal and so um when i was a kid my dad um traveled quite a bit and so um we would walk from our house way down uh the mountain on signal mountain literally to be the first one to see dad and ride in his car and um it was just a wonderful experience um i remember sitting on the rock waiting for him i can name that rock i know where it is and uh, then jumping in the car and then spending some time with dad while we went back up to the house. So um, that was, that was it, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was anticipation, excitement in the air, you know, and all of that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. My, my dad traveled a lot as well. And I remember when he would come home, um, there was always anticipation and uh, there was a sense of calm when dad finally got home, mm -hmm. that things were going to be okay. And he always had something in his suitcase for each of the, each of us, my sister and I. So there was always that uh, kind of anticipation that, oh, this is great. We at least get a, a little gift. So those gifts, those um, gifts were awesome. 
they were awesome. They really were. And they were usually just swag that he picked up at a convention or something, yeah. but who cares? We kept them. They were important. It was cheesy, but we loved it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're coming to a place in the Gospel of John where um, things are beginning to change. Last week, Dana talked about um, uh, a passage that talks about Jesus's yes and our response in amen. And he was coming from Ephesians and talking about what God had done for us. Um, and we're about to head towards that. We're in Lent. We're heading towards the cross. Um, and the gospel reading last week was about bread and how the people wanted to turn Jesus into uh, a warrior king. And now where, what's going on now as we kind of move towards the temple? So as we get ready to get started today, we need to realize the preface of what happened in John right prior to this. We're going to be reading today in John uh, 12 verses 20 through 28. But just prior to that, we have Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So that sets the stage of what's going to happen. And the reality is next week, we'll be studying that and, and having Palm Sunday. So this kind of gives us an idea of what's going to happen. So Jesus is coming into Jerusalem as he's coming into Jerusalem uh, for the Passover, the feast of the Passover. Um, we need to realize the magnitude of this. Uh, there's estimated about 2.7 million people are going to gather for that. Josephus, one of the ancient historians, um, speaks of the number of people that would assemble for this yearly festival. However, this year, there's something a little different in the air. Uh, this Jesus has been doing a lot of ministry. A lot of things have been going on. Um, we see that there's, uh, they're looking for a, a king to come, a victorious king to come. And um, all of a sudden, uh, there are going to be a bunch of palm branches being waved in the air. And as they're waved in the air, this Jesus is going to be adorned as a king, but certainly not a victorious king, uh, not by doing violence. Uh, to the oppressors, but having violence done to him. And so what's going to end up happening is he comes in on a donkey, not a, not a white blazing horse as a warrior king might, um, but he comes in and the palm branches are being waved. There's kind of an ecstatic sense in the air and they're going to be shouting, the crowd's going to be shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. So that's the setting that we've got. Uh, huge anticipation going on. Uh, a lot of that happening. So why don't we go ahead and read that passage, Greg, and let you go ahead and take care of a look at that. And uh, Absolutely. take a look. Yeah, because there's some interesting people that creep in right as we begin in yes. John chapter 12, beginning of verse 20. Um, mm -hmm. And it starts out and says, Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these Greeks came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. So let's, let's just start there. What is, why are these Greeks coming to a Jewish festival? What do you think's going on there? It seems kind of strange to have uh, this ethnic, you know, multi-ethnic, multi-racial group that's coming to see Jesus. Absolutely. So the Greeks are showing up. They are probably um, uh, looking for that which is holy, you know, looking for that which is beyond. Uh, the Greeks have a fascination for that. Um, they are obedient and they're looking at Judaism as, as, a, as a real answer for this. So they probably are not completely um, brought into the Jewish faith, but they're 
they're following these Jewish traditions. They're seeing some value that's being added in these Jewish folks' life uh, through uh, these festivals and, and the things that are going on. So they're, they're looking at this, and now they're peering over the corner of their eye, and they've heard about Jesus. They've seen this going on. They've seen his ministry. Things are happening, and this is catching their eye as well. So there's a lot happening. We've got a lot of seekers, if you will, people that are looking for something on that, um, on that vertical gaze uh, of looking up rather than the horizontal that, that, that people might be looking for. So they're, they're looking for something beyond themselves that might give some, some answers and hope. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think one of the things that's interesting to me is that um, they're probably interested in the fact that Jesus has made a way for them already. The cleansing right. of the temple, he cleanses yep. that court that was called the court of the Gentiles. There was right. always an idea that the Jewish people would be a light to the world and that the whole world would be invited in um, to see Jesus, to see God, to see the Messiah. And um, they turned it into a marketplace and turned it into Target or worse, Walmart sometimes. And right. Jesus said, uh-uh, none of that. That's supposed to be a place of prayer for everyone. And so they come in. But it's interesting to me, why do you think they go to a disciple rather than just walking up to Jesus? It wasn't like he had bodyguards. He, they could have just come to Jesus themselves. Well, I would suspect quite honestly, because those disciples were um, people who had already been following him. They knew him well, probably a point of entry uh, into that relationship. So, sir, we wish to see Jesus. Um, like we were, uh, waiting at some point for, um, uh, somebody that we were looking for. They wish to see Jesus. And in mm -hmm. doing so, they're being called into that, um, yeah. process. That's awesome. Yeah. Somebody always asks and invites, don't they? Um, yeah. It's important for us to be the ones that help bring people in to know who Jesus is. So, the passage goes on in verses uh, 23 to 26, and Jesus answered them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Right. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So he kind of changes, you know, he doesn't, it seems like Jesus always has something a little bit deeper. And I don't know about you, but if a, a great crowd came to see me, I, I might be tempted to say, hey, so good to see you. How can I help you? What's going on? Kind of the politician thing. And Jesus doesn't do any of that. No, he does. He always points to the deeper message. And I think that's the beauty of this um, vertical gaze that we that we look towards. Um, we look towards something deeper because we realize that what is happening at our level, and Jesus gets this, what's happening at our level is never going to be satisfying enough. Yeah. It's never going to be satisfying enough. Um, and so there's some interesting phrases here that just jump out at you. He says, um, uh, now the hour has come, the sun be glorified. We've got that whole thing. Um, we've got the issues of the, the grain and the wheat. And then we also have that is this heart is troubled. We see this internal dialogue with Jesus, God incarnate, struggling with what's going to happen next. Because yeah. it's, it's pretty awesome what's going to happen next. So we see this 
going on, Jesus' turmoil of spirit, um, really speaks to his vulnerability, his humanity, um, but yet he's called to be obedient and go and glorify the Father. There's a lot of dialogue. I mean, if you just you think about that, I you know, it's hard to be obedient, but we're talking about Jesus who's going to be obedient unto death. Um, this is this is this is nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah. This is pretty intense. He sees and knows what's going to happen. They can't even begin to get it. Right. Um, so he uses this grain image. All right. Unless a piece of grain falls to the ground uh, and dies, a, a piece of grain has to die before it sprouts. Um, there's nothing else can happen. And so um, once Jesus, he's pointing to his death, once this grain, he dies and is put in the ground and then is resurrected, this new existence, this new possibility is going to be opened up for, for anyone uh, who follows him, even these Greeks, you know, um, yeah. even you and me, um, not just the disciples, not just an inner group of people, but it's offered to, to those who will follow him and see him as this uh, victorious king. Uh, that has had violence done to him uh, in saving and rescuing us. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's a it's an important image to because the the idea of the kingdom is only an idea until something is acted upon it. Right. And that action is is like you said, Jesus is going to have to follow to the cross. Um, and and I think that's where we stop a lot of times. We go, okay, here's the good advice. Well, we need right. to. Um, kind of live an Eastern experience where we give up some of ourselves, we, we um, empty ourselves and kind of live in the ohm of what's going on. And, and I think there's, there's something more that Jesus is saying, and it's that, that it is a seed, but the seed doesn't just go into the ground, it's going to sprout again. So he's foreshadowing both sides, but it is interesting that he's troubled in soul because he says, um, now my soul is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? And I take that to be kind of a rhetorical question. Um, like he's going to, and he is going to ask later on, but it's almost like he already knows the answer to, the, to what's going on. Because he says, but for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then the amazing thing happens. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. Right. The crowd that stood there heard it and said that it had thundered, which is in interesting. Others said an angel has spoken to him. So some are hearing only thunder. Some are hearing a voice, but they don't know who it comes from. And Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake and not for mine. What do you think is going on with that whole voice from heaven? Well, you know, it's, it is the um, clarification from the heavy, Heavenly Father. This is the plan. This is the one in whom I'm well pleased. We heard that earlier. Um, we saw it on the Mount of Transfiguration. We see all these pieces of the puzzle coming again. And it's, and it's this sense of clarity that's coming not only to, uh, to the crowd, but to Jesus that, hey, we're on target here. Yeah. Um, and yes, your heart is troubled. But I think as, he, as the Lord says that, he's also giving Jesus the the compassion of the heavenly father mm -hmm. on him that yes, this is going to be hard, but 
I'm with you and, and we're, we're in this and, um, you know, the end of the story, they don't yet. So your glorification of me is going to, to show forth, uh, this amazing sense of obedience. Um, it also speaks to his trouble, that troubled spirit that he has going on, um, that the, the father's compassion is such that he's speaking not only to the crowd, but to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. What an interesting thing that the emotional life of God, right? I mean, we, we, we think of God, people always describe God as, is infinite and God is all knowing and, but God is also emotional. Mm-hmm. He actually cares about your emotions because he has emotions as well. And when we say God is love, there's a whole lot more to that than just a, a bumper sticker or something right. that we can just imagine. There's a, a beauty to the fact that God is emotionally in love with us in a way that is um, self-sacrificing. Mm-hmm. It goes all the way. Like you said, I love that. He, he's, we're on target. This is going the right way. Um, and, and it's okay to be troubled even when you're on target sometimes. Well, and that's true. And next week, we're going to be talking about Philippians 2, and we're going to be talking about Jesus' obedience in that. And so um, so those of you that want to tune into that, you'll be able to, to get further into Jesus' sense of obedience in the suffering servant. Um, and, and yet, here we are, prior to the cross, prior to all of that, 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 that it's almost like the voice from heaven is the is the the comfort of the father putting his hand on the son saying, we're going to do this. We're going to do it together. Yeah. And, and we're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Um, you know, do not let your heart be troubled. You know, yeah. we've got this, we've got this, we've yeah. got this. And so for those of us that are walking in a life of uh, obedience or, or even disobedience, um, it's uh, God putting his hand on us and saying, I'm with you in this. Yeah, I'm with you in this. um, And I care for you. And I think that's probably the answer to my first question as we kind of wrap up. Mm -hmm. I've got three. Um, What can we do? We can keep walking. We can, we can know that the father's with us and we, we should keep walking because even if something ends in death, the reality is, is that we know the rest of the story, right? right? We know that that death will lead to life as well. But here's a question that I have that I, I think we always need to ask is this is great information, wonderful thing, but who do you think this is for? Um, like who, who should we be sharing this with? Who are the people that need to hear uh, a message like this? Well, first of all, I need to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Personally, I need to hear it again. You know, sir, I wish to see Jesus uh, when you're going through yeah. situations, sir, I wish to see Jesus and and uh and there so um i think we live in a, in a world today that um that struggles to look beyond where we live yeah. and that there is something else to look towards for that assistance yeah. and that grace um and it's it's to all of us who um want to go deeper in life and are finding out that, you know, the Facebook world, the Twitter world, the, um, the CNN or 
Fox News world or whatever uh, is just not enough. Um, right. There, there is a king who cares and loves and will be obedient, so obedient that he'll ransom us. He'll take the violence that we should get, um, but he'll take that upon himself and offer us entrance into this whole new life of obedience and grace. Um, I, I think I think so many uh, need to hear that. I need to hear that daily. I yeah. need to walk into that daily. Yeah. Because um, my flesh doesn't always want to do that. Right. Sorry. And, and I think that's where the good news, I always like mm-hmm. to ask, what's the gospel in this? What's the good news in this? And then right. the good news is that um, those who want to see Jesus will. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you, you don't have to, walk perfectly you don't have to do it perfectly but if you want to see jesus because of his death and resurrection Amen. he becomes yes. the light of the world that right leads to uh through whatever cross that we have to bear um mm-hmm. to a resurrected life and i think as we end right now the the reality is this is friends it is such a joy to know that we have a savior who's emotional he loves yeah. us and cares for us and who realizes that our heart is to see him and to be in his presence. And we can do that. And as we lead into worship right now, I just want to encourage you, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, take a couple minutes to pray and enjoy the presence of the Lord. Because if you want to see Jesus, he's there for you. Amen. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Ron. who are leave your burdens at the throne the journey is far you don't have to walk alone there is a father whose promises are true for each son King of kings, Lord of lords, bread 
Let us respond in prayer as our Savior Christ has taught us. Our, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us take time to pray for things that are on our hearts. May the leaders of our churches have wisdom and speak with one voice. Amen. Lord, have mercy. May the leaders of our country rule with righteousness. Amen. Lord, have mercy. May we and our enemies turn towards peace. Amen. Lord, have mercy. May the love of the Father touch the lonely, the bereaved, and the suffering. Amen. Lord, have mercy. May the path of the world be swept of all dangers. Alleluia. The Lord of mercy is with us. Thank you for joining us for Church at Home today. We pray the Lord's presence is with you, and we look forward to connecting with you soon. And please take a moment to hit the share button and visit us at churchathomeworship.org. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.